Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, St. Louis Cardinals fans? And welcome to another Believe in Cardinals podcast. As always, I am your host, Braxton Wheeler. Today's date is May 16th, 2023, and this is episode number 26. You can find this podcast wherever you listen to your favorite shows, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SiriusXM, Amazon Music, Pandora, and many more. If you enjoy this show, please hit the subscribe button so you can be a part of the first listen club every time a new show is posted about the birds on the bat. You can also follow me on Twitter at Brax, B-R-A-X-X-X 26 as I post content daily. And send me a message whenever you'd like if you want to hear something specific on the show. All right, everyone, welcome in to another podcast. Today's episode is titled, Are the Boys Back? Are the boys indeed back? I don't know. You tell me. It looks like they are. They won seven of their last eight. They're on a four-game win streak. And uh, it doesn't look like it's going to change anytime soon the way they are playing. I just got back from a quick vacation. It was a quick weekend vacation. I left on. I believe I recorded a podcast last Tuesday. I left on vacation Wednesday, and I just got back on Sunday. So, anyway, I'm back in the studio now. Looks like I'm going to be home for the next month or so, which is good. And uh, maybe maybe the lucky charms when I actually leave, because every time I've left, the Cardinals end up winning. Uh, so, let's take a look at the state of the Cardinals. Where are the Redbirds right now? This is probably the first time I've done this, and it's actually felt uh, – like a, like a positive segment here. Normally, I'm just saying how bad the Cardinals have been. Um, but right now, the St. Louis Cardinals are 17-25. and 25. Uh, That is still good for the worst record in the National League, but we're not going to be negative in this episode today because I can assure you that the St. Louis Cardinals are not going to finish as the worst uh, team in the National League. There's no way by any standards that's the case. They're way too good of a team, and they're starting to play like we expected them to the entire season. So the St. Louis Cardinals are 17 and 25. They are six and a half games back of first place in the NL Central, which feels like nothing considering, um, you know, they were just down 10 and a half, almost 11 games just about a week ago or a little over a week ago. Uh, let's take a look at the wild card standings has been cut to three and a half games back of the wild card. Now, of course, you're chasing everyone in the wild card, but the St. Louis Cardinals are three and a half games back when they just you know, they have the worst record in the National League, it means nothing. And that could change at any moment because the Colorado Rockies and the Washington Nationals and the San Francisco Giants and the Cincinnati Reds all have 18 wins and the Cardinals have 17. So just as quick as they went down is just as quick as they can go right back up considering these other teams are not playing good baseball. Um, Also, the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, they have a finally a positive run differential of seven, which is good. They own a Excuse me, it's a four-game win streak, not a five-game. Yeah, I said four-game win streak, yeah. And they're 7-3 and three in their last 10. They're looking good. Um, before I jump into exactly how the Cardinals are playing and what is so positive, what is the biggest takeaway from this St. Louis team right now? And not to mention that over the last 10 to 15 games or so, or 10 games or so, they have the best as, as a whole entire offense. Their average is the best. Their slug is their best. Their OPS is the best. I mean, considering they put up 18 runs last night, they look really, really good. Um, but I had a question. Someone messaged me and said, Braxton, who do you think is the most toxic fan base in baseball? Not just the NL Central, but the most toxic fan base in the NL Central. 
And the first thing that came to my mind, and this might be a surprise to some of you. Some of you are thinking, hey, he's going to say the Cubs, you know, because of the rival. Or he's going to say the Yankees just because, you know, all they ever talk about is the championships that happened when their grandpa was alive. Uh, but no, the first team that came to my mind when that happened or when that question came up was the New York Mets. I have never met a New York Mets fan that I actually like. Actually, I have one. It's my cousin, Billy Dudley. If you're listening, you're actually the only Mets fan I know that I actually like. Every other Mets fan that I've came into contact with are just awful. They're just the most douchebag people that I know of. Um, besides that, I'll get this. You want a cat? Stinking thing. Uh, besides that, it's probably the New York Mets number one and number two. I really, really, really do not like the Los Angeles Dodgers. But New York Mets fan, I was walking down. I live in a city here in Roanoke, Virginia. I was walking down the street in downtown Roanoke, Virginia. I kid you not, this was last week for no reason. I'm walking down the street. I have my Cardinal shirt on, polo shirt. I'm going to dinner. And this Mets fan, I guess he was a Mets fan. He was he was really drunk, but he started cursing me out. He's like, bro, he's like, I hate the Cardinals. Screw the Cardinals. And, the, you know, that's PG terms. He didn't say it like that. He did not say it like that at all for no reason. Never seen the guy. Know nothing about him. Mets fan hated me. For no reason. That's just one incident. Um, incident. Uh, also, after that fight last that broke out against the Cardinals and the Mets last year, that didn't help at all. Uh, so I would have to say it's the New York Mets to answer that question. All right. So the St. Louis Cardinals right now, like I said, they are playing the Milwaukee Brewers. Last night, Jack Flaherty, let's talk about the positive pitching that's happened. Jack Flaherty last night was finally a pitcher that threw into the seventh inning. Jack Flaherty was able to complete seven innings yesterday. And I'm going to tell you what, if you would have told me that Jack Flaherty after the first three batters of that game yesterday was going to go seven innings without giving up a run and strike out 10, I would have told you you're crazy. Jack Flaherty, seven innings pitched, three hits, no earned runs, only two walks, 10 strikeouts. Uh, he needed that type of outing. Like he said in the post game. he said, this is just something to build on. This is just something I can build on. And, uh, you know, after his last outing, he, he you know, <laughs> him and the uh, – him and the, and the media, St. Louis media, did not get along too well. But it improves his season ERA to 5.25. And, uh, it, you know, and it's tough. Think about it. This guy started slow, threw seven innings of shutout baseball, and his ERA is still above five. But it's good to see Jack Flaherty pitch like that. We know if Jack Flaherty can control his slider and control his fastball, he's going to be dominant. He really is. And I know there was some talk about the velocity of his fastball, and that's why he got triggered in his previous outing when he got banged up a bit. But, I mean, looking back at it, there were some questions. Hey, well, your fastball is not as high as you want. He's like, well, that's just the way I play it. Sometimes when I need to pull out 94, 95, I will. And other times, 90 to 91, 92 will play. Uh, that's true. And we saw that last night. Last night, Jack Flaherty looked phenomenal. Uh, to back that up, let's, let's continue to talk about the, the rest of the pitching staff. Well, Miles Michaelis, he looked really good. Uh, Miles Michaelis in his previous outing, when he placed uh, beat the Boston Red, Red Sox in Boston to get the sweep, they won 9-1. to one. Miles Michaelis went six innings, pitched one earned run. That's what we're talking about. What have I talked about on this podcast week after week, episode after episode? It always felt like the Cardinals were five and one-third, uh, four earned runs, or four and one-third, four earned runs. That's not the case. The last couple outings of Jack Flaherty and Miles Michaelis, six innings pitched, did not have a strikeout. I don't care. Some people made a big deal out of that. That's not normal. Miles Michaelis normally is going to rack up at least four to five strikeouts. Um, if you, let's take a look at his game log. Miles Michaelis' game log this season. Uh, each game is in the previous outing before that, seven strikeouts, five strikeouts, six strikeouts, four, four. 
So it's not like Miles Michael is not to get the strikeouts, but I'm going to tell you what, if you go six clean innings, you're doing something right. So it's good to see Miles Michael is pitched like that. Uh, tonight we have Jordan Montgomery on the mound. He's two and five with a with a four ERA, and I expect good things from Jordan Montgomery. He's, he's thrown the ball well lately. So anyway, the Cardinals pitching is is coming through. Okay, the Cardinals pitching right now is exactly. Let's just be honest. When when you think of Miles Michaelis, I always talked about how he is. He's not necessarily an ace, but he's a he can be a very strong two or a pretty you know a very strong three or a pretty good two starter, right? And I still think this team lacks a true ace. Jack Flaherty last night, that type of outing shows that Jack Flaherty still has the potential to be a true ace. Now we're a long way before we can claim that again. But Jack Flaherty's that guy that wants to be the guy, right? He wants to be the dude. He wants to be the one to, hey, you know, the team's in a slump and he's going to be the guy to take it over. Adam Wainwright wants to be that guy, but he's 41 years old. And Adam Wainwright, for the most part, has thrown the ball well. Um, so. Anyway, we got Jordan Montgomery on the mound tonight. Um, it's good to see. It's good to see him come out here. It's, he's like I said, he is a 4.11 ERA. And sorry, I lost my train of thought. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers are yeah six and a half games up on the Cardinals. So the Cardinals have a chance after the next two games today and tomorrow. They have a real chance to only be four and a half games back of this division. That is insane. I mean, it was literally only two, about a week and a half, two weeks ago, the Cardinals were down almost 11 games. It was 10 and a half, 11 games. And to sit here and say that in two days, they could be four and a half back now to play devil's advocate, the Cardinals could lose the next two games. And just like that, they could be eight and a half back again. But regardless, the team's playing good baseball. Now I want to talk about something that I tweeted last night. Let me see if I can find this tweet. I want to talk about Nolan Gorman. And the reason I want to talk about Nolan Gorman is something that I haven't heard really many Cardinals fans talk about. We're always focused on the now, right? We're always focused on the current situation and how the team's at, and rightfully so. But I put up a tweet last night and I said, simultaneously, while Nolan Gorman is currently producing in between Goldschmidt and Arnato, he is also going to be the future of the Cardinals' three, four hitters with Walker. It's good to see two potential in-house all-stars produced by the organization again. And that's the future, right? So, you know, let's think about this. If you can put one knock on the Cardinals, right, in, in the last few years, when was the last time that they really produced a great all-star? And I know this sound, and I'm not talking, I'm not talking about, you know, a, a Yadier Molina who makes it every, who made it every year, or an Adam Wainwright. You know, and they didn't produce Nolan Arnado, right? They got him in a trade, and they also got uh, Goldschmidt in a trade, right? I'm talking about somebody that, somebody that they truly produced. Like Randy and Rosarina traded him away. He could have been that guy. You see what he does with Tampa Bay. He's arguably a top-five player in baseball, right? He makes phenomenal plays that we see every single night. Um, But, you know, we the Cardinals right now are in a spot where, yeah, we're trying to win right now, win a World Series right now, win the division right now, but, you know, when I actually look at the future of this team, the first person that comes to my mind is Nolan Gorman, right? Like, Paul Goldschmidt's 35 years old. Nolan Arenado just turned 32 years old. And I want to say something here. It might be kind of depressing to Cardinals fans. And I said this, you know, in the, in the season preview. I am scared to death that the Cardinals are wasting Goldschmidt and Arenado's prime, okay? And, and more so Goldschmidt, right? Like, he's 35 years old. You know, historically, when a team gets – you know, a player, excuse me, a player gets to about 35 years old, historically they start to find that drop-off. It's nothing against their baseball abilities, just the way the human body works. Um, 
So, you know, we got Nolan Gorman here. He's batting 283. He has an OPS of 979, right? That that's 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 an amazing OPS. He's already hit 10 home runs. He has 33 RBIs. You know, Nolan Gorman is just tearing the cover off of the baseball. And I will I will tell Cardinals fans, this is a guy that we were very excited for, right? You know, this is the guy that that when, you know, he got to the big leagues and he started great and had a slow end of last year. You know, the conversation around him kind of slowed down because everyone's like, all right, let's turn to Jordan Walker. It's always about the next thing, right? You think about in sports. You know what bothers me the most in sports, and I don't want to get off on a rant here, but it's in sports like Especially it happens a ton in college sports. But a team wins, a, uh, let's say a team wins a national championship or a team wins the Super Bowl. One hour after that team wins the Super Bowl, they celebrate. And then all of national media, ESPN's like, okay, here's the early odds for next year's Super Bowl champion. Or here's a, here's a, you know, who's the favorite to win the next year? Who's going to win? It's just like, man, slow down. And that's kind of how I attribute this whole Nolan Gorman and Jordan Walker situation is. You know, we had Nolan Gorman. We were all excited about him, all excited about him. Watch him develop. Watch him go crazy in, 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 in development in the minors. And then he gets here, and it's like, wow, you know, here he is. Now what? Who's next? And that's what we've done with Jordan Walker. So, anyway, Nolan Gorman's a guy who is still very young, and he's a guy that's going to be the, you know, he could end up being the face of the franchise one day. I'm just going to say it simple, you know. When, when Goldschmidt and Arenado leave, and I mean, hopefully they still have a good years left, and I think Arnauto does, and the way Goldie's hit, and I, I don't see any slowdown of that. But um, between Nolan Gorman and, and Jordan Walker, that's our future there. So I just really, really wanted to talk about him a little bit. Uh, let's also take a look at some other players who are surprisingly putting up good numbers. I got to give credit to Andrew Kisner. Andrew Kisner is really uh, – he's tore the cover off the ball lately. Last night he had a grand slam. Granted, it was against a position player. The score is 14-1. to and Andrew Kisner did hit a home run, um, or excuse me, a grand slam. Let's take a look at Andrew Kisner. Uh, he has finally got his batting average over 200. He's batting 226. Uh, his OPS is now shot up to 685. Granted, it's not great, right? But we never want Andrew Kisner. We're never asking Andrew Kisner to put up insane stats, okay? Andrew Kisner's a guy we just want. He's a good catcher, right, for the most part. Um, and I mean, he's at least a league average catcher. And I know I'm I'm not trying to reel back on my, my statements earlier. I still think that the, the Cardinals were probably too patient with Andrew Kisner, but he's a good kid, and the, the organization sees something in him. And, I, you know, if you trust the organization, then it's fine. And I think let's, – let's go ahead and, and put the credit here. You can attribute a lot of this to a guy like Andrew Kisner who's actually seeing more at-bats on a daily, right? Well, Wilson Contreras now, you know, generally playing DH – and Wilson Contreras, or excuse me, Andrew Kisner is getting more at bats. He's starting to see the ball better. It's just like anything else. When you do something over and over and over, you know, consecutively, you learn from it and you get better, right? Yes, these guys are professionals, but just coming off the bench or catching every fifth day or fourth day, it's very hard to get in a rhythm, right? Because you blink and you've already had two or three at bats, and next thing you know, you don't play again the four to five days. So. It is very promising, and I will say I've never seen Andrew Kisner get this many at-bats. And maybe it's a sign to come. This is a guy that could actually be pretty good at the plate if he gets the consecutive at-bats. Now, I still say you're paying Wilson Contreras this money. You gave Wilson Contreras this contract. He needs to be your daily starting catcher, right? Because regardless of Wilson Contreras, if he's catching or not, or, or DHing or not, he, he, when he DHs, he takes away at-bats right from, from other guys. 
But we, I just want to give some credit to Andrew Kisner there. Also, Paul DeYoung. Uh, Paul DeYoung, the lineup just came out uh, for tonight. He's once again in the lineup. Looks like he's batting sixth, if I'm not mistaken. Now, let's take a look at Paul DeYoung, right? This is a guy, and I also want to shout out Paul DeYoung. I've, I've been more patient with Paul DeYoung than most fans, but the reason I've been that way is because this guy is what you call a true professional, right? And what is a true professional? Me and my friend back in college, Jake Martin, uh, he listen. He might be listening to this. Sometimes he does. But we always talked about in college, what's a true professional and what is a fake professional, right? And you heard uh, Lars Newtbar and Tommy Edmond, these guys talking about, you know, Paul DeYoung and how he's a true professional and he deserves success. A true professional is someone, regardless of the situation, you know, keeps their head down. They continue to work. How many times have Paul DeYoung been to AAA or had a rehab assignment? and found his way back on the major league roster. That a, The true professional is Paul DeYoung, right? A true professional is someone who takes care of their body, right? They work out. They're not, you know, a fake professional. Sometimes these guys that, you know, they have the natural gift, but they don't go the extra mile like a true professional. That's not Paul DeYoung. And we're starting to see the results from Paul DeYoung, right? He has, he has 65 plate appearances, which is more than a sample size now. I know it's not a ton, but he's batting 305. And listen, Paul DeYoung's OPS is 928. He slashed four home runs, right? You know, he, he, he's somebody that if Paul DeYoung can hit like this and have an OPS in the 900s, keep him in the lineup every day because we know how good his glove is, right? Paul DeYoung's a guy that he was an all-star once. And, you know, we don't ever have to question his ability in the field. I love his glove. We all love his glove, and it's good to see him do that. Um, Somebody else, Tommy Edmond, last night had, had, uh, had four hits. He looks like he's... He's hitting the ball really well. He's batting 260, OPS 778, and uh, he looks solid as well. Anyway, that's really all I have. Look, the team right now is trending in a great direction, and I want Cardinals fans to understand this, that things are going to slow down a little bit, right? Like the Cardinals can't sustain, you know, winning seven of eight, and, you know, I mean, it's possible, but it's very rare that teams can just keep this pace, right? And they, they, they've dug themselves a hole. I put up a tweet. I said the Cardinals really, really dug themselves a hole at the beginning of the season, and they have a lot to dig out of. But, boy, have they started digging. That's what they've done. The Cardinals dug a hole, but they're starting to dig their way out of it slowly. And uh, it's just it's pretty crazy. They were just 10-24, and 24, and now they're 17-25. and 25. So it's a big improvement, right? And this team is good enough. I st still believe the Cardinals are going to make the playoffs. Now, whether that's the wild card or whether that's winning the NL Central, I'm not sure. Um, but Look, man, regardless, this team looks good. Uh, they got off to a slow start, but they, they they continue to grind. They're continuing to you know work hard. And we knew this offense was going to come around. The pitching just has to be league average, right? I'm not we're not we're not asking this rotation to be a top five rotation. Hell, not even a top 10 rotation, right? Um, we just need this rotation to be 15 to 17, I would say 15 to 18. And and the team's gonna be just fine because they have the offensive power to do so. So you just can't have your pitchers going, you know, four innings every night and for four or five earned runs. It's just that's not a good recipe for success. So if this team can just do like Miles Michaelis did last night, six innings, you know, an earned run or two, I'm, and that's still on the better side. If if you're going to give up four earned runs or so, you at least got to give the team six innings, right? So there's just a balance there. So anyway, that's all I got. Um, Cardinals are set to play in about an hour tonight. Uh, recording this on Tuesday at about. 6.39 Eastern time. So anyway, can't wait. Cardinals are looking good. This is a positive episode. Uh, things are trending in the right direction. 
and uh, I'll be back with you for the next show. As always, I am your host of Believe in Cardinals podcast, Braxton Wheeler. Everyone have a a great night, and go Redbirds. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.